Luke 8, verses 26 through 39. Now this is a time when Jesus is told the parable of the farmer scattering seed and the parable of the lamp where you can't hide it, you don't hide it, and he calms a storm. And it says, So they arrived in the region of the Gerasenes across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time he had been homeless and naked, living in a cemetery outside the town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. Then he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. The spirit had often taken control of the man, even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles. He simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness, completely under the demon's power. And Jesus demanded, what is your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. And the demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby, and the demons begged him to let them enter into the pigs. So Jesus gave permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. It's a true story. And when the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran, and people rushed out to see what was happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they became afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed, and all the people begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone. For a great fear swept over them. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. The man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him home, saying, No, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town, proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Move among us. Open our hearts. Open our minds to the word of God that we may be filled and blessed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well... Didn't particularly want to do this. Um, you know, going amongst people and talking about demons. But 
that's what I have to do because he would not let me alone. Jesus wouldn't. So the thing about demons is we think in our day that that does not concern us. That this was for those people back there. Doesn't apply now. And so anyway, I realize that some of you are thinking to yourselves, oh dear, the pastor has just stepped off the deep end. (laughs) But let's look at things. Let's look at things. You're going to like this. You really will. In the late 1960s, Paul, who is a retired army officer, and I were stationed in Germany. We liked it there. The countryside is beautiful. We were down in Bavaria with the mountains, and the people were friendly. And at Christmas, there were gingerbread houses. They were beautiful, and they were for sale. And they were so pretty. And on Easter, there were branches of forsythia with hand-painted wooden Easter eggs tied on them. It was really beautiful. It was a country of music and poetry and literature and mass murder. Six million, give or take a million, were systematically murdered by the most cultured nation in the world. One Sunday afternoon, we went to Dachau because it's down in that area. It is cleaned up, ready for tourists, and the presence of evil is palpable. So what do you say? Evil possessed a nation. Drug addiction is evil, is a demon. Ask any drug addict who is in control. Heroin, cocaine, meth, we can call them what they want to, but they take over. I remember uh, Amy, 19 years old, in the women's prison at Gatesville. She told me that she used dirty needles, some with blood still in them, because there might be just a little bit of heroin left there. She has hepatitis C. She will be sick probably the rest of her life. She said, I'm lucky I don't have AIDS. But it didn't matter, she said. Whatever it took, she did it to get the drug. Greed is a demon threatening to make us slaves of stuff. Sometimes, you know, it seems like we just can't get enough. We just can't get enough. And uh, avarice has always been one of the deadly sins. But today, I think the desire to have this and that and hold on tight to it is something that many in our society prize and encourage. And things are often more important than people. Things are often more important than faith. I know some people who have a mentally ill person in their family. There's just nothing anybody can do. 
They're at their wits' end. They have no idea. But you know what? Sometimes someone does them a kindness. Brings over a cake. Or stays with the person for a while. So, kindness, the generosity of spirit. As the scripture passage reminds us, the demons are legion. Do you know how many men were in a Roman legion? Five to six thousand. That was one legion. Five to six thousand men. These legions of demons destroy the valuable and release the very worst in us. The only way we can hope to cope with them is to come face to face with the one who can drive the demons out and make us willing to sit at his feet, clothed and in our right minds. That one is Jesus. That one is Jesus. It is his name that we lift up today. Jesus came and the man fell at his feet, naked, hair matted, eyes red, tormented. When evil gets its way, it is always destructive, always. And Jesus spoke and drove the demons out. There can be no accommodation between Jesus and the powers of evil. But you see, the good news is that ours is the victory. This scripture, you kind of have to wonder when you first start in it. Now, why did they put that in there? Why did Luke think he ought to tell that? You know? Well, but it has good news. Jesus is Lord of all. Yeah. Jesus is Lord of all. There's a song. I'm not going to sing it to you because that would be cruel. But, you know, and it goes, Jesus is Lord of all. It's real nice. So it is the story and promise of restoration. See, he was not left as he was. He was made new. It affirms that the compassion of Jesus led him to cross a sea to reach such a person and that the power of Jesus' word vanquished the greatest imaginable assembly of demonic powers from this person and restored him to wholeness. It is a word of assurance to all of us, to each and every one of us. Jesus has come to restore us and make us whole, and his power is our power. His power is our power. We can speak against evil, and we should. Now, does that mean we will never be tempted? Well, of course not. There's still evil in the world, isn't there? But listen to Martin Luther. He wrote this wonderful hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And the third verse And though this world with devils filled. See, he didn't have any trouble with that. He knew. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, 
For God hath willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we may endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him, and that word is Jesus. That is what the word is. Yes, there's evil. But we know that, don't we? We know that. We look around us, listen to the newscast, and sometimes there's a kind of sickness. And sometimes I cry. Yes, there is evil, but we know that, and so we pray. Jesus taught us to pray. And he taught us the Lord's Prayer. I say it every day. Every day I say the Lord's Prayer. And you should too. And you should too. And and part of it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's what Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? See, see, we pray that evil doesn't even get near us. So it's no joke. It is no joke. And I want us to say together the Lord's Prayer. Would you do that with me? I think we have it. There it is. And let's say it together. Our Father who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our path. And for we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus gave us that prayer. Say it every day. And then, do you, did any of you remember several years ago, there was a, a book called The Prayer of Jabez? Did any of y'all remember? Well, it was very popular. You do, yeah. <laughs> because we're older. That's why we, that's why we know. And anyway... It was very popular. Everybody had to, cop- had to have a copy of the prayer of Jabez. And there's a reason for it. You might want to write this down because you're going to want to read it when you get home. It's in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. And Jabez now is praying. It says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel. See, as he's praying, he called on God and said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And it says, So God granted him what he requested. A prayer. Keep me from evil. The prayer of Jabez. Well, 
The man is healed, fully clothed, and in his right mind. And he wants to go with Jesus. Well, of course he does. He wants to go with Jesus. Think of the relief he was experiencing. And Jesus tells him to go and tell others what has happened to him. He says, go and tell them. Go tell your family. Go tell everyone you see what great things God has done for you. And the man went home and told the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. I think our testimony is part of healing the world. He spoke his words, the words of Jesus, where he lived. I wonder how many of us tell others of the great things that God has done for us. I stand before you fully clothed and in my right mind because Jesus came into my life. I believe that I would have been dead now if he had not. That is my testimony. The Lord Jesus came into my life and saved me. People are starving, hungry, to hear a first-hand account of the goodness and of the power of God. How many of those starving people have you told your story to? I urge you to go and tell the greatness and the mercy and the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.